for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Lisa Wilkowski, and I am a commissioned minister here at Cornerstone Church. This is my husband, Matt Wilkowski. He is a pastor here at Cornerstone. So, and if you, this is, happens to be your first time here, <laughs> let me just say that this is a wee bit different today. <laughs> As we are celebrating homecoming weekend, we have invited uh, our alumni to come back and join us. Yeah! Thank you, Susie! can count on you. That's awesome. Come on in, guys. This is totally great. Um, and we are actually not just inviting our alumni back, but we are actually celebrating the 21st anniversary of the start of Cornerstone Church. Yeah. Woo! Give it up! That is so cool. And so Matt's going to share a little bit about our history. And uh, it is just incredible to be here. And uh, this is an alumni van band that literally spans our history, and uh, they have already brought tears to my eyes uh, twice this morning, so just amazing to be together here. Um, as we gather, I want to tell a story, um, just a quick one, that uh, even some of our current staff may not realize. So one thing to be clear, as, as you students notice, that there are all these old people here. I just want you to rest assured that I would bet a lot of money I am still the oldest. So, yeah. So, just wanted to, to rest anybody's concerns about that. Um, so, speaking of that, it was 1985 when I arrived on this campus as a freshman. Really old. Over, over 35 years ago, for those who are counting. But uh, at that point, I was, a, I was a brand new believer brand new Christian, got involved with actually a little group of church planters um, that had come here from early on in the collegiate church network. Um, and that was my first campus church. Teeny tiny little deal. And so in 87, uh, two years in, I transferred to the University of Illinois. And uh, but as I left that spring, I had a sense that that little church was probably not going to continue. Um, not because of me, but because of just, uh, it was, it was not, not the most healthy uh, or viable plan. But I, that started a dream of maybe, maybe coming back, um, planting a campus church, seeing the just, yeah, the incredible potential of that. And so, uh, fast forward in 2000, uh, actually 1990, sorry. <laughs> um, I, uh, I went on staff with Collegiate, uh, graduating from U of I, and I originally raised support, and that's what I shared with people, is that, okay, I'm gonna raise support, and then in two years, we're gonna go to ISU, and we're gonna plant a church there. Uh, totally ridiculous. Um, I got married a couple years after that, and grew a little bit of wisdom, so it was, 10 years later, um, where we, the, the dream resurrected. And at U of I at that point, we had uh, a large, healthy, vibrant staff team. Um, not a ton of maturity, but a lot of enthusiasm. I had just gotten ordained, and so the dream came back. 
And um, that's where that amazing, courageous team of 13 that relocated here to plant Cornerstone Church came from. And uh, it was in that time, there was one, one trick to it, is there wasn't actually a pastor. And, uh, and so that's where, Lisa, you remember, the uh, traveling back and forth um, and pastoring here at Cornerstone for several years as that team matured and as we were finally able to ordain local pastors. And so I just want to, as we gather, there are so many things about that vision that were messy and foolish and unwise and so flawed. And yet, God has been so faithful. And this morning is a testimony to his incredible faithfulness. Amen. And so that's my one encouragement for you all. The, if you haven't noticed, the church in America is at a pretty difficult place. And this spans everyone. Um, and, and yet, through the ages, the bride of Christ, the church, it's often been a wandering, messy, unfaithful harlot. But Jesus has never given up on her. And that's my encouragement to every single person in this room is let us not give up on the church, on the bride of Christ, either. And I am so proud of every single person in this room, from the new freshman who came this morning not knowing what you're getting yourself into, to Mike and Michelle Clunky, who have been the, the constant in Cornerstone since the beginning. Amazing to see your faithfulness. And so as we enter a time of musical worship right now with this amazing band, we want to stand, encourage you to all to stand with us as we proclaim the Lord's faithfulness. Feel together. free to spread out. There will definitely be a contingent of us on the sides <laughs> and in the back, really getting down in some worship. So awesome. you're awesome. not alone. <laughs> Let's worship together. One, two, three. Those who trust in the
Be the center of our lives. 
Father, we thank you, oh God, for your reign, for all the times in our lives that you have blessed us, that you have made your presence known to us, that you have shown us your grace and your mercy. Lord God, for many of us in this room, one of your greatest graces and mercies was this church. Uh, you brought us a family to have here at ICU. You gave us faithful servants who were willing to sacrifice so much um, to love us as lowly students <laughs> and, and to give their time and to give their hearts and to give their, share their faith with us and, and invite us on a journey to follow you with our lives. Um, we praise you, we thank you um, for all of these gifts, for all of these blessings. We thank you for this morning and this opportunity to gather together so many generations of believers, so many generations of um, people of this church. Um, we pray that you would be glorified throughout this morning in our, in our worship, in our words, in our moments together. Um, we just pray that you'd be glorified and that our hearts would be renewed in, um, in your goodness and your love. And we'd be reminded of truth if we've lost it, if we have um, forgotten it, Lord. Um, we pray all this in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Um, at this point, if you have a child who's five years or under, one of the parents can take them to the back for children's church. And then, and I'm sorry, I told you to sit. It's been a while since I've done this. While they're taking their children to Children's Church, would you take a moment and just greet those around you, say good morning, maybe meet some folks from a previous generation? Good morning. Hey, Good friends. morning. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Emily. I'm on staff here with Cornerstone. And I'm Kyle, and I'm also on staff here at Cornerstone. Come on, Isaiah. We're... I thought we were friends. Anyways, we are so excited to see you all here. It just feels so fun to have so many feet seats filled to see old friends and to see old friends I don't even know reconnecting. So we're just really happy to host you guys this weekend. I hope if you've been here 
yesterday or Friday that you've just had a really sweet time and it's been an encouragement to your heart to be together with people who know and love you. So we would love to also know that you are here. Each week here at Cornerstone, we have this thing called the Sunday Connect. There should be a QR code on the screen behind me if you guys wanna take a minute, pull out your phones, scan this QR code. It'll take you to a form. On that form, you can let us know you're here, let us know your name, um, and share some prayer requests with us. Every week, our staff team on Tuesday mornings loves to take the time just to pray for each and every person that shares a prayer request with us. So this week, make us pray for a long time, guys. We may be praying for our whole two-hour staff meeting, and that's just what we'll have to do. So there should be a prayer request spot on the bottom. Let us know you're here. And for every survey that is filled out, we actually donate a dollar to a HOPE scholarship fund to bless students coming from the Chicago Public Schools into ISU. So for every survey that's filled out, we're gonna give $1 to them. So you're given to charity this morning just by typing out your name. So go ahead and take a minute to do that. Yeah, it is just really good to be with you all this morning. I, I like homecoming and I, I was excited for this reunion because it, it is just like a little snippet of seeing just like um, the way that God has been moving in this church over the last 21 years and, and just like the way that God is glorified um, in each of you. And I think a, a big part of, of that is, is not only just like the community that is formed like in corners and small groups or whatever they were called whenever you were here um, on those, those evenings, but I think it's through um, what our next announcement is for. And it's just kind of like a, a casting vision uh, for two things that are, that are rhythms that have been um, in Cornerstone, I think the entire time that it's been around, or, or probably close to it, and um, that's, that's spring break in, in LT, or, or leadership training. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, we could clap for it, and, and um, all these old pictures from LTs and, and spring break trips, uh, and just like the community and, and just the spiritual formation that happens at these trips. So, so I'm just interested, like, if you are here and you have been to LT, would you, would you just raise your hand? If you've been to a spring or been on a spring break trip, raise your hand. I think everybody that rose their hand would just say, man, God just, God moved in my life in some way at one of these places. That, that, um, that they are part of who they are today because of, of these experiences and, and what God did in each of those. And, and I just wanted to share just a little bit about my story. And I think just like encourage um, our students, just just to pray about what could those um, events be for your life. I, um, I I've been on staff at Corner, Cornerstone for the last two years, but I would not I would not be here without LT. Um, I met Mike uh, two years ago. My wife and I moved here from Missouri. Uh, so maybe if I haven't met you, um, that's why you didn't recognize me. Is because I didn't graduate from ISU. I graduated from the University of Missouri. Um, I met a lot of people, or some people in this room at LT 2010. Shout out LT 2010. It's right here. Um, and I just remember dreaming with, with people that summer about what it could look like to go back to campus and, and take everything that we had learned and, and um, just love on people the way that we had been loved the past year, or even just like the ways in which God had moved that summer. And I think that these are just key pivotal points um, that God can just really change you from the inside out. And so I want you guys to just prayerfully consider 
what could your spring break look like this year? What could your summer look like um, in 2023? And, and just ways in which that God can be glorified through you all. Yeah, I feel like something about spring break and LT, sometimes I feel like we get just like a little annoying about it. Maybe like a little bit. We're just like, the people who went last year are like, you have to go. It's the best summer ever. And you're like, I'm glad that that happened for you. I don't really know what that looks like for my own life. We like build this momentum and we try to catch people in this wave of momentum. And I think that is a very beautiful thing that for years and years and years before any of you who might go to spring break or might go to LT, there have been people that have done the same thing and want to tell you about it. Um, I think that is the best recruitment tool to get you to LT or to get you to spring break. And I just want to ask you, if you're a student sitting here, would you just listen to some of those stories? Maybe catch an alumni before they go out and ask them, did you go to spring break? Did you go to LT? Can you tell me about that? Tell me about what God did in your life that summer. Um, and for you students who are here, maybe you're like, I don't, I don't really want to hear an alumni story. Well, I have a story for you that maybe connects a little bit better. My friend Tenny, who's here with us this morning, over there serving on the laptop. We love Tenny. Last year, she Tenny. went on our spring break trip with us, and I feel like none of us really knew who Tenny was before spring break. And I think she didn't really know who any of us were either, but she still went. Tenny is also deathly afraid of heights, and she went on a spring break trip to re-roof homes down in Memphis with SOS. So lots of factors that were maybe telling Tenny no, don't go on this trip. But she still came, and now Tenny is so fun. She's so sweet. She's one of our close friends, and I think that is because of the spring break that trip that she went on with us. She conquered her fears. She got on that roof. Amanda held her hand as she climbed up. They bonded together over on this trip, and now we have a new friend and a new person in our church, a new person who is excited about what God is doing, and building his kingdom here with us all because of a spring break trip. And so talk to Tenny to go overwhelm her with your questions and ask her why you should go on a spring break trip. Those are my, my asks to you students here today. Amen. I, I, I do think that one of my favorite parts about SOS last year was watching Tenny come out of her shell slowly over the week and uh, just the sweet friendship that we have formed from that. So consider it, y'all. That's what we got for you this morning. Um, if you would join us in giving us giving a warm welcome, we would love to invite up the original church plant team to come stand down here um, on the floor. So if you're part of that original church plant team, you can come up. Hey, good, good morning, everybody. Good morning. So, yeah, uh, we, Matt, how did you put it? Where are you? How did you put it? We had a lot of, a lot of passion, a lot of zeal, and maybe not a lot of character. I think that's, I, I think that's how you put it. Yeah, I heard, I heard I, that too. I think so. 
I think jo Josh leaned over to me and he said, why don't you check the oil um, while you're, while you're, no, it's just a joke, but I think it's really true. We, uh, we just had a passion to see what God would do when we came to ISU. And uh, man, I'll tell you, I think it's been, uh, it's been a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, what I want to do right now is just um, have you guys just introduce your, uh, yourself and just tell us a little bit, like, where are you and what, what are you doing since, um, uh, since 2000, 2001? Sound good? Ten minutes each? Yeah, probably just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ed Wilkowski. I, hi, I know a lot of you. Um, I am over in Peoria right now. I am... I actually love that I'm a handyman for Jesus. And actually, I don't have to get paid for it because my lovely wife, Jenny, takes care of that sort of stuff. I am still involved with this church, as many of you might not know. I'm still an elder. I'm still his boss, actually, believe it or not. So, yeah, that's my minute. Good to see you all. I'm Jesse Hart. This is my wife, Analia. And um, we got a beautiful family, five kids, ranging from 17 all the way down to five. We take up a whole row. It's kind of weird. Yes. <laughs> we live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We've been there for 10 years. And um, Jesse is an engineer at the University of New Mexico. We really yes. like being on campuses. Yes. We just can't get away from them. I've been homeschooling our kids for the last 12 years, and I also am a um, small business owner and mentor and get to do really, really fun stuff online. So, And we just, I don't know, we're not connected necessarily like Ed here um, still, but this experience, I was 21 years old when I decided to come on this church plant, so I don't know what I was doing making decisions like that, but, but 21 years later, um, it has been probably the most significant uh, um, season of ministry we ever oh. were part of um, to this day. And it's hard oh. because that's a lot of life since then. We were here for almost eight years. But what's really sweet about that is that we really learned that God can use us wherever we go and if we're willing to just show up where he's working. And he was working here. Mike was the first person I met in Illini Life at the University of Illinois. I walked up to him and said, I'm looking for a person named Michelle DeAlton. She wrote me a letter, and I would really like to meet her. And he's like, cool, that's my fiance. And I'll, it's history from there. We had to come with them when they came here. So, yeah, yeah. that's it. Oh, I'm hi. Kelsey Testa. My name's Allie. I'm Joe. Testa, we are. We were. We moved over here. Thank you. In um, 2001, to help plant the church, we had a nine-month-old at the time. This is the nine-month-old. She's. Uh, I don't know if she wants to speak for herself, but she's going to be 22. She's been married for uh, just over two years, and uh, she's a graphic designer. We have four other kids. We have a, a 20-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old, and 11-year-old. I don't remember all their names, but um, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But um, I'm actually involved, we're, we're still involved with uh, college students. We work uh, with um, a campus church, a campus ministry at uh, Michigan State University. We transitioned from here to, um, to East Lansing. And, uh, the, but I would say, I would agree with Analia, 
these, by the way, our 17-year-old, her name is Analia, too. Um, we, these were some of the best memories of our lives. And um, just, I can even still like, picture many of you in my living room, you know, sitting on the couch with the person that now you're married to. And, um, and so you, you owe us a lot. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, I'm Michelle Clunky. I have the pleasure to still be here. I'm going to keep it short so I don't start crying. Thank you all for coming. Your presence here is a blessing to me. Yeah, I'm Jillian Clunky. How old was I when six months. I was six months old? 21 years later. Yes, I'm a current senior at Wheaton College. I'm Jerry Schrack. Um, so. Hi. So we moved over here with the team um, and owned the 203 house. Where, just out of curiosity, how many people have lived there? That is very encouraging, very fun to see. And even if it was the 205 house, if you didn't raise your hand, yeah, that's a more elite group, the testosterone, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Since then, I was never on staff, so I, I worked as an engineer and a surveyor. I still do that. We moved 14 blocks north. So, yeah, so we're still in town. My wife, Melissa, we met. Her friend lived next door to the 203 house. So that's how we met, which was a lot of fun. And we've got three, three kids, Claire, Henry, and Sophie, who are sitting back there, too. So. My name's Josh. I still owe Jerry, like... I still owe Jerry like $2,000 in rent. <laughs> um, I work at State Farm. I help lead a listing team at uh, St. John's Lutheran Church. And I live rent-free in Alec Keparitis' head. Hey, I want to invite up uh, Rudy Rivera to come join us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay. Hey, my name is Rudy. Um, yeah, so I live in right outside of Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, married, just celebrated 25 years to my wife, Brooke. Um, she's not here. Yeah, so we've got three kids um, in different directions. We got family here today um, in the Lord, and our son's at Arizona State. Our daughter's up in Northwestern. I'll see her tomorrow night for dinner, which is great. Uh, our, little, our youngest is at home. She's a sophomore in high school. Uh, we moved here in 09, and I'll tell you a little bit about that, I think, a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I was here from 09 until 2018 as one of the pastors. And so it's, it's amazing to be here right now. So thanks for having us. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and I have some uh, responsibilities today. <laughs> <laughs> this is not atypical for what a Sunday used to be for me. I would forget and they'd have to cue me and we'd have to go from there. So let's clap it up if you know that to be true. Okay, uh, hey, if you were on staff before here at Cornerstone or an intern, we'd love to invite you up to the, to the stage here and stand with us. So uh, former staff and interns, if you'd like to come on up, we'd love to have you. Come on up. Give them a hand, everybody. 
Whoa. Okay, they keep they keep coming. This is awesome. Um, okay, I'm gonna hand the mic off, and you're gonna introduce yourselves, uh, just very briefly to the crowd. Here we go. Hi, I'm MC. I was on staff 2013, uh, and now I'm in Champaign Urbana, and I have a lot of kids. How many? <laughs> eight. I have eight kids. Um, two of them are in the back, um, my 16-year-old and my two-month-old. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's me. <laughs> he said short. <laughs> I didn't know you were here yet. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Kristen Williams. I belong with this guy over here, Mike. Sorry to introduce you. Um, <laughs> I went on staff in 2013 with MC. We have a really, really funny like staff training video that we made. You could probably find it in the archives. Um, and I was on staff till 2017. 2017. I'm married with her, to her. I was always uh, not good at words. Uh, yeah, no, I was an intern and associate staff throughout my years here. I'm Mike. We have kids. We were the ones crying in the front. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My name is Isaiah Wickwear. Um, I. <laughs> I'm new, so that's why all the young people are cheering for me. Uh, I interned with Cornerstone 2020. Um, COVID cut it short, so we kind of did like a Summerstone Academy is what we called it. It's kind of fancy. Summerstone Academy. Um, I currently live in Muncie, Indiana with my fiance, Elizabeth Moore. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm Eric Gustafson. I was an intern in uh, 2013, kind of kind of with you guys. Yeah. Uh, and I'm married, live up in Aurora with Jamie, my wife, and my two kids. Three kids. Hey, my name is Alec Kepperitis. Uh, I was on staff in 2014 uh, for the worst support raising experience of anyone in GCM history. Yeah! <laughs> uh, and I also interned with Mike Williams uh, the summer that he died on a mountain uh, longboarding. Uh, I married my wife, Heather, who is currently on staff uh, with Cornerstone. And Basically kind of put this whole weekend together. Um, my wife did. I didn't do anything. And uh, we have a little girl, uh, eight month old, named Hope. Um, my name is Karen Hayes. Let's try again. My name's Karen Hayes. There we go, there we go. Um, no, I was, I moved over here in 2006. And I was here until 2014. I still did work until 2015 remotely. Um, I met my husband here. He's back in the back, Marcus Hayes, um, who used to be the soundboard guy. Um, he didn't get invited to do that today because he wasn't good at it. Um, I'm kidding, sweetheart. You were the best. Um, and then I have three children, um, Hamilton, Liliana, and Bennett. Bennett's waving in the back. Um, so they're all here this weekend as well. And I'm just glad to be back. Uh, hello, my name's Quinn Brewer. 
Uh, I support Raise for a year um, with my wife, Emily, who is on staff currently. Uh, yeah, and I'm associate staff, I guess. Um, roll birds. Hello, uh, Mike Gerber. Um, was on staff, I believe, starting in 09. I don't remember, exactly remember the timeline, but something like that. Uh, for a few years, uh, met my wife here as well. Uh, we have two uh, wonderful children, Charlotte and Ben. And I teach special education at Leroy Elementary School. Not <laughs> okay, so Jerry got to ask. I'm like, how many people who are here lived in my house? Well, okay, there's a few, okay. <laughs> okay, I think we're gonna have everybody move off the stage. <laughs> They call me Mr. Transition. Joe, you got it? Cool. So Mike said I have like 15 minutes to share with you just a couple of things, but I, I just wanted to share just, just some thoughts that were on my mind and my heart. Um, we, um, you know, one of the things that was really evident to me even just during our worship today is that Jesus is the center of this church. And, um, and so the things I think about that would be really helpful for us to think about the rest of the days of our lives are these, that um, we, we really want to build our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. Like, I think about the fact that I'm 46 now. I was 25 when I met Austin Newcomb. I had hair. He had hair. We both had hair. And, um, you know, my body didn't hurt back then like it does today. But the, the reality is, like, there are some things that will never change in this world, and Jesus is one of those. And so, like, we want to build our lives around the person and work of Jesus. And so that is what I would encourage you to think as a young person or as an old person. Let the rest of the days of our lives be about Jesus. Um, there's another, there's a verse that really impacted me a lot, and I think it was something that I can't even say if it was like a, a, a theme verse for this church, but it feels like it's just who Cornerstone is, and it's what I've taken with me as I've gone on to the next phase of life with, with um, ministry. And it's out of 1 Thessalonians. Mike shared something this morning out of 1 Thessalonians. And it's a little different than the way I memorize it. Wow. That skill right there. I just unplugged some lights on accident. But it's um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 8. It says this. You don't have to put that back on. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our own selves because you had become very dear to us. And I just think that is what this church has always been about. You, we, we delighted to share the gospel of God in our lives as well. And that's basically what Mike and Michelle have done. And Rudy and his wife and the rest of the staff here, they, they have spent their life um, with you and the gospel with you. And, and so to me, sorry about that, that, um, that is just something that I would say I want the rest of my life to be about that. Um, I, I've been overwhelmed with encouragement. I drove down here and I thought this might be the most encouraging thing I've done in like the last decade. I just thinking about your lives and, and I mean, you know, I don't know a lot of you, but the ones I do know, I remember, like I said, I remember where you were sitting in my, in my basement 
and the work that, and the, the conversations we had working out in my gym, in my the gym in my garage or or walking on the path here right off campus or being in a building on campus and I just think like God has done a work here and and I mean the idea of celebrating like I just am so excited to be able to celebrate what Jesus has done here in your lives um and I just think, I mean, obviously our goal is that we want Jesus. Jesus is the hero. He's the focus. But there are definitely some heroes here that we need to celebrate. And I, I know Matt said this, but I would agree that Mike and Michelle are some of my heroes. And they, they stuck it out here when it was really difficult and when there was a lot of aloneness. And, um, and I just, I thought about you guys all the way down. And I just think I'm so thankful that you um, didn't quit. The last, the last thought I had was um, out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, <clears throat> where Paul just talked about, like, our role as, as Christians. And I mean that's all of us. Anybody here who names the name of Jesus as their, as their Lord and Savior, is that we, is, Paul said that we plant and we water. Like, we have a responsibility, but God's the one who brings the growth. And so that's why today when we celebrate it, we're not just pointing to, like, Mike or Joe or Ed or Rudy or any of the other people that are on staff. It's really like we've planted and we've watered. We've tried to be faithful with our responsibility, but God is the one who brought the growth. And so we are celebrating the fact that God is um, amazing and that he, he's doing a work and what a privilege it's been just to be involved with, with him. And so um, I'm just thankful to be here. I'm thankful that I got a chance to be a part of this. I mean, like, I'm, I'm going to think about you all for the rest of my life. And um, it's not like I'm not going to see you, but I'm just going to, I mean, it's just, it's been really a joy to, to be a part of um, this work with, um, with you all. So, thanks. Appreciate that, Joe. Um, I called Joe in 2008 to find out what it was like to live here, uh, knowing he had, they, they had moved to Lansing. And Joe, you may or may not remember that phone call, but in 2008, our family was living in Austin, Texas, which at the time was the number one city in the country to live in. We'd lived there 17 years, and we were happy and fine. We had family and friends and my parents, and everything was steady. But I had this urging in the Lord to, to do something different. I didn't know why. And uh, we went to LT, which you heard before, you students heard about that. Out in, and we were in Colorado, actually, in Estes Park. And we got partnered up in a little 400-square-foot cabin. We had three kids. My wife and I went there, and we were like, we're city folks. There's no AC. I mean, it's like, it's, it's really rustic. And, uh, and John Draghi from University of Missouri, a good friend of mine, is going to be with the Lord. Uh, many of you know him. Uh, he, he put us right next door, like 25 feet away from Mike and Michelle Clunky. And, and yeah, and the wives hung out all summer, and Jillian was little, and our kids were little. And I think Mike and I actually had the first day we got partnered to do a project together. And we just started sharing our hearts with each other that summer, and, and, uh, you know, I heard what they were trying to do here, and we were working at the University of Texas at the time, and I had college students there, just like you guys, there with me. But like I said, there was this nudging from the Lord, and 
And so by the end of the summer, they, I, I want to say it was through our window, our car window, they just said, hey, would you guys consider coming to ISU? And, you know, we were like looking, and I, there was this story I yelled out to Mike, probably from twice the distance I'm at now, and I said, hey, Mike, can we work together? Do you think we can work together? And he said, I don't know. Do you think we could be friends? It, and I can tell you all these years later, I'm, I'm staying in their house. I'm sleeping in Luke's bedroom, <laughs> the bed this weekend. Uh, brother, we're friends. We're friends. And, and Joe, I, I so appreciate their words. I only wish my wife were here. I see Michelle. I know she'll be crying the rest of the day. And my wife would be crying right there with her um, because my wife, Brooke, just says, like, Michelle is just one of those friends, you know, just a friend. But so a few words about all of that in a nutshell, because I was, in, I was down in Texas uh, leading a church down there, and it was, you know, like I said, we were thinking about moving, and I remember telling my fellow ministers and pastors, um, I think the Lord's calling us somewhere, and they said, where are you going? And I said, I have no clue. I just think we're going to go. And it was so, such a strange time, but it took a lot of comfort in Abraham's story. And so I'm going to read these verses for you and then just share a few words of encouragement. Um, Hebrews 11, uh, starting in verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. I'm a Texan in the middle of a cornfield. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And so whether you're a college student here, look, wondering where you're going to go someday, or you've already left, or you're raising kids in Illinois, in the suburbs, Colorado, Virginia, wherever you might be at this time, um, are we looking forward to that city that God is building to our, to our home? He's calling us homeward. And I can tell you, for me, in 2008, we were, we were just convinced. We were convinced God had to, he was pulling us to normal Illinois. And recently, I, I had the privilege of Going to, I was in Austin, back home in Austin, <laughs> in June, with my daughter in the Lord, Katie, who I met here in the church. I had the privilege of walking her down the aisle, and that's a longer story. But we were down, and I showed her the very spot where I, I pulled over to call Mike and say, the Lord is calling us to Illinois State and normal. And for me, that little parking lot, parking spot in Target on I-35 in Austin, Texas is like hallowed ground because for me, I knew God was building something in our life. So that's the last thought I wanted to share is do we believe God's the great architect, the great builder? The amens should, uh, uh, you know, come out, right? Let's go. Amen. Yes. And so if the church is not the building, right, Mike, if you've been here a while, you've heard that joke from Mike, right? It's not a joke, right? The church is the people of God over time, yes? And so God, individually, by his, by his sovereign, great, loving hand, takes people 
and moves them to places. For me, we're currently in the front range of Colorado, but we were here for nine, ten years, sovereignly placed by God for that season that we might use the gifts that God's given us in his great calling to edify the church and to reach more people. Yeah? Amen? So wherever you're at, believe believe that, that the Lord God Almighty, the great builder of the church, is going to put you here for a season, and he might take you somewhere else for a season. But where he puts you, let it be where he puts you by his God, his sovereign hand. So that's my encouragement to you, whether you're here now or have already gone on. Okay. This is something I've been doing for two years now in my life, so just invite you to close your eyes if you want to. I'm just going to say a quick prayer or blessing for you, and then we're going to transition to the next part of the time, okay? But this is what I've been doing, so you can close your eyes when you do it. You don't have to see me. But for me, uh, there's a physical representation of receiving, and that's just hands open and palms up. And for me, I've just been praying this way when I feel like, Lord, I need something from you. So I don't know what you need from the Lord, but if you're like me, you're pretty needy. So I just invite you, close your eyes, palms up. You don't have to raise them high. You can just raise them right where you're at and just receive this from the Lord. Lord, we believe that you're the great builder of your people and of your church. Jesus, you're our Lord. You're our Savior. And we look heavenward with eyes closed, heavenward, saying, Jesus, would you give to us what is needed? Your grace would be sufficient again. And Lord, would you send us wherever you'll send us? And might we go and follow you? That, Lord, I think is your, your calling to us. And so with the pronouncement of a blessing, Jesus, we just invite you to speak to us again and say, follow me. I'll take care of you. We love you, Jesus. We lift your name up. We bless these, every saint here. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'm inviting up uh, alumni to speak, and we have Austin first. Here we go, brother. From the shadows. So it's a little blast from the past, because I used to do announcements back in 0102 with Bonnie, and um, together we were Boston. Austin and Bonnie, we were Boston. That was our big shtick. We, got, we were pretty well known around here for that, kind of a big deal doing autographs in the back after. All right, so again, Austin Newcomb. Um, so I started attending uh, Cornerstone the very first week the church started on campus here. Actually, on Quad Day, I met Joe Testa with the booth, and um, it really just, that was, that was that, me and Joe, right? So uh, from that day, then I joined the, the first small group. We spent some time from there over the next four years really growing in my faith, and um, Mike wanted, uh, there'd be a couple of us talking about, talk about kind of what you tell your 19 or 20 year old self. But for me, really the four years here at ISU really was a ton of growing in my faith. And so what I'm going to share are just three simple things that I learned here from the Cornerstone staff that I'm still implementing in my life 20 years later that hopefully be encouragement for, for you guys. Um, but also I met my, I as it's kind of, it's happened with others. I met my wife, Ashley, here. We've been married almost six, almost 17 years. 
Uh, and then I've got five kids. At some point, six uh, we're adopting again. So I didn't beat the eight, though. That was impressive, wherever the eight was. That was awesome. Um, so, yeah, and we, and like, you know, I just thinking back to a lot of the fun times we had, too. I think we met at a dodgeball game that Cornerstone was putting on. Then we went out to Chili's and then playing games. I think we were doing karaoke after. So just such fond memories of, of that fun stuff. Um, so the first one is uh, community or doing life together. That's one thing that I learned. So um, at Cornerstone, this was my first experience hanging out with Christians. Uh, my high school buds were all good, good dudes, but they weren't Christians. So again, reminiscing about the barn dance, uh, line dancing at Stone Country. Anybody remember that? Actually, I forgot the name of it. Ashley had to remind me of it. I don't know how I forgot that. It should have been etched in my memory. Um, Mafia, you guys remember playing that? Terry and Ashley, I think you guys were there, right? Um, that, uh, or staying up late at the fall retreat, uh, the, uh, the talent night. You guys still do talent night? Entertainment night, dang it. I should have known that. I did the promo videos for that. Um, another fond memory, where's uh, Hey Daddy at? Or Hey Daddy, as we call him. So for one of the videos, he actually maced himself. Ernst, Ernst maced you. Yeah, that was, that was epic. Um, so anyway, it just it showed me that you were able to have fun you, uh, with other believers. You didn't have to go out and, you know, drink every night and stuff like that. You could have some wholesome fun with a bunch of crazy Christians, um, which I still carry on, you know, 20 years later now. So the second one is accountability. Um, I learned the importance of having someone you could share your burdens with, your struggles, and your wins. Um, a guy in my current men's group uh, says... You know, every time I come to a group, it's like the bumper, it's like a bowling alley with bumpers. Like coming back with you guys, you know, keeps me bouncing back on the line, you know, the, well, whatever you get it. Bad with words. Somebody said that earlier. Um, so the, uh, the last one is discipleship and evangelism. So in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus tells the disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I had the privilege of having Joe Testa disciple me those four years at ISU. And I explained discipleship as coming along someone less mature in the faith and showing them what a Christ life looks like. So no surprise, Joe and I spent a lot of time fishing, talking about life and what it meant to follow Christ. I forgot about the weight room in his garage. That was pretty fun. Um, as you can tell, it's paid off. Um, <laughs> Uh, I got to see what a Christ-centered marriage looked like with him and Kelsey. That's not something I grew up with. And just even seeing them interact here, just Joe saying something funny slash stupid in Kelsey's eyes and him give, Kelsey giving him that look like, Joe, you're an idiot. Still the same after 20 years. I love it. Um, but yeah, just like just learning those things and seeing how he uh, disciplined and discipled discipled his kids, um, has really impacted me, you know, 20 years later with, with my kids trying to do that. Um, so, so to wrap things up, um, as students, we try to plan our lives, but we must invite Jesus into that and have him direct our path. When I was about to graduate, Joe and I talked about me coming on staff with Cornerstone, and I really struggled with that decision because I, th I could see myself enjoying that and being good at that. But I also had a passion for business. And so as I prayed for God to speak to me, I really felt God saying, you can still do ministry in the business world. And you can use the resources that I give you through business to support full-time ministries. 
And I've really seen that play out over the last 17 years as a business owner and somebody that's been in the business world. So an encouragement to those two that are looking at business or just being, you know, an economic player in society, like there's plenty of opportunities to minister to people through through business. Um, So I think that is it. Um, So next up is a, is she back here? Oh, wow, how about that? So uh, Susie uh, Linker, as I know her, but Susie Prather, as she's been for the last many years, which we actually go back to our high school uh, Holy Cross Lutheran Church days in Carroll Stream, Illinois. We were in youth group together. So Susie, come on out. Thank you, Austin. I do know Austin from our our old church that we grew up in. I have a picture of him when he was 14, um, dressed up like a a Steve Urkel nerd. Um, I brought it today. Here it is. No. Um, I could not find it. One of the most significant bummers of my lifetime. So, uh, yes, my name is Susie Prather, and I was one of the OG... 2001-2002 students. Make some noise if you were here that year. Yeah! Um, And I went on to marry Chris Prather, the setup and tear down guy. These mics are really cool. It's much better than they used to have. Make some noise if you remember the original seats in Capen. These are so much better. (laughs) These are so much better, but okay. I was told to think of things of advice for my younger self, advice for everyone else here. Um, And I've come up with some ideas. Basically, give up. (laughs) And... (laughs) Give up, just totally give up. Um, Give up looking for a perfect church. And um, there's a lot of things that you shouldn't give up. Don't give up looking for a church. I was told, um, yep, we're gonna move up to the suburbs. Uh, And I was told by someone, you know what? You You can find community up there, you're just gonna have to look really hard. And I'm thinking, there's a million churches in the suburbs of Chicago. But I finally got it when I moved up there because um, just life is just so different and everybody is on a different schedule and you have to fight harder. But it's totally doable. It's totally doable. Um, Don't uh, be scared off by a pastor who recites um, Annie, Are You Okay? by... Michael Jackson in a spoken word for entertainment night. Don't run away from that church, even though it's terrible. Um, I don't know. Some guy named Mike. Um, (laughs) um, Don't give up looking for deep connections and making those deep connections. Um, It's really easy to be surface level. It's really hard to just keep putting yourself out there. Um, But don't give up. If you're 
more the shy type, get a buddy, um, do it with you. Um, but be careful when meeting new people. When you're 19, 20, and uh, you're at like a new church party gathering, and you see a good-looking guy come up to you, and young-looking, you're thinking, oh, maybe probably my age, and um, you start flirting. <sighs> be careful, he's not the pastor. Hi, Joe. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Kelsey. Sorry. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> he was so nice and engaging and asking me about myself. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, my blah, 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 my wife and child. And I'm like, oh. So don't do that. Give up on that, but don't give up on looking for those awesome connections, like awesome people like the Testas. Um, uh, give, up, give up on the idea that God is mad at you. Give it up. Give it up. Give up that you're the disappointing child that he just barely tolerates. <laughs> um, Give up on trying to control how other people react to you. When you're, when you're in a good, you gotta be in a good place first. You gotta be speaking the truth in love. Plug for Josh's listening, for heaven's sake. Required material before you get married. Please, please go learn how to reflectively listen before you and continue being an adult, but definitely get married. Um, but yeah, give up on trying to control how others react to you. Um, never ever give up on the Holy Spirit using you as a tool. Um, that Holy Spirit can do amazing and wonderful things and will do amazing and wonderful things that might look really small. You get really great encouraging stories about somebody who what started out small and then went and, and started her own hospital uh, in, in Iraq or uh, an amazing new organization in, in America. But the Holy Spirit just calling you, just like Austin was saying, to, to your passion, to where you're supposed to go, like Rudy was saying, he can do amazing, amazing things with your life. So don't give up asking for a divine appointments, divine opportunities in God's plan. Um, don't give up on the church, the big C church. It's going to disappoint you. We have all can think of specific instances where we've had close friends or just somebody just turn in the absolute opposite direction. And God, God's still there. God hasn't changed. God wasn't surprised, even if you were. Um, don't give up. And um, the just to kind of wrap it up, because um, you know I'm, I know I only have 25 minutes, right, Mike? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> to wrap it up, the best advice that I was ever given was from Kelsey Testa. Um, she said, "Are you a here I am person or a there you are person?" And a here I am person is um, needing something. Uh, maybe they're new um, and they're, they're 
stuck in their spot and they're saying, here I am, come to me. And the there you are person is the same person who needs something, who's new, who doesn't have the friends, who has new at church or is um, new at work, you know, new employees. And they say, there you are. I'm going to go and meet that person and, and get what I need by going out and meeting that person that's probably thinking the same thing that I am. So please be a there you are person and go out and be brave and, and make things happen. And with that, I'm going to introduce the wonderful, the small group leader, the event planner, the awesome friend and great listener, Katie Paddock. I told Susie I wasn't sure that description was for me. That was really kind. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, a couple of days ago, I ran through my speech with my husband, and when I was done, he went, chef's kiss, which was really sweet. And then about a half a beat later, he said, you know, sometimes when I'm preparing to preach, I write jokes in, but I don't end up using them. And I thought... That's a really gracious way of telling me, don't try to be funny. <laughs> so um, I knew I was following Susie, so you've gotten all your laughs and entertainment. So I'm not going to be funny. <laughs> um, I'm just going to answer the question Mike asked me to answer. Um, and uh, I did that by, uh, if I could give myself you know, advice or encouragement, my past self, I did it as like a letter to myself. So I'm just going to read it. Also, shout out to Mike. I have really fond memories of him reading his sermon, so I'm going to say that's okay. Uh, I like being read aloud, too. So. Okay. Um, dear Past Katie, I've got a question for you. Oh, also, because this is a letter to myself, not everything will apply to you, but that's okay. I know you're not Katie. Um, dear Past Katie, I've got a question for you. What is your diet like these days? I'm not talking about the mountain of pizza rolls and E.L. Fudge cookies and famous Brooke Rivera popcorn you're having at every American Idol night, though perhaps we should swing back around to that. But what I'm really wondering is what it is you're feeding the mind, heart, and soul you are to be loving your creator God with. Because if there is a lot of junk for you to consume now, there's more coming, and in genres that don't even exist yet. And if you think that you've experienced heartache and brokenness in your life now, there's more coming, though you're not to be surprised by this. So my encouragement to you as you set out to love God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength is just three simple words. Lay the feast. And by this I mean, as much as is in your control, which is only so much, but also more than you think, Lay before your eyes and your ears the good, the true, the right, and the beautiful, the things that will stir your affections for your sweet Savior, that will challenge you to lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and that will inspire you to pilgrim on toward the celestial city. If you know that God has placed eternity in your heart, and that here you have no lasting city, I exhort you to begin living like it in laying the feast. 
I will only give you two pieces of advice for your feast. The first is, unsurprisingly, about the Bible, and the second is how to get the rest of your feast. Right now, most of the time you're not feasting on God's word. You're often doing the vending machine or energy drink version by flipping to random pages or verses and hoping they'll get you by. Instead, I encourage you to take Bible literacy seriously, like deathly seriously, because it is indeed alive and it is your lifeline. So stop reading it like it's a magic eight ball for your life and start reading it primarily as the story of God, not the story of you, because you'll only understand yourself in light of who he is anyway. Start reading whole books of the Bible, being mindful of all your English class rules like context and genre. You're reading one big story and you need to know how small you are in this narrative. So stop snacking and start feasting. This book is your ancestry, your heritage. These are your people, and this is your God. You cannot orient yourself in the world without knowing this narrative. So that's like your turkey of the feast. Can we take this to a Thanksgiving route or not? Um, that's like your main dish. Um, but if you want to lay that best feast for your mind, your heart, and your soul, like a really delicious one that's made from scratch and with love and takes all the work, um, and it's just glorious side dishes to accompany that main dish, there's this thing you should do to make that happen. Do you know what it is? It's to ask for help. In humility, please ask the Lord, ask your pastors and leaders and trusted friends to help you lay your feast. Ask them what they are feasting on and what they think you should be feasting on. Ask them what fictional work or biographies or articles they think you should read, what scriptures you should study and commit to memory, what podcast or music you should listen to, what films or shows you should watch, what daily habits you should implement, who you should spend more or less time with, and what you should spend time learning. Ask them for help and be blessed for years to come by it. If you don't work on laying a daily feast, what will you do when the going gets rough? When God crushes your dreams, when you start to believe he isn't kind or perhaps has forgotten you, when the anxiety, the depression, or the grief is too much to bear, when it just seems easier to pull back from the church and go it alone, when your faith is challenged or debased by everyone you know, when you've decided you'll just do what's right in your own eyes, will you choose the path of least resistance and compromise? Go comfy with your idols and create your own imaginary God? Or by God's grace, will you be able to stay in the battle to remind yourself of what is true and right? Will you be able, like Paul and Silas, to sing something beautiful while bound in the stocks? Will you be able to strengthen yourself in the Lord like David or like Jeremiah say, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope? When life seems only to offer the licorice jelly bean at the bottom of the sewer, Perhaps you could have a bountiful spread stored away in your heart to feast on, and perhaps you'll know where to turn when you're starving. So, little Katie, today, instead of feasting your eyes on the endless scroll of social media, which for you is mostly feeding your mind and heart and habit track with envious, judgmental, and covetous thoughts, a growing obsession with how others view you in both character and appearance, isn't there more? Do not fall for the false feast that will leave you ever hungry. 
Be a good steward of your mind, your heart, and your soul by paying attention to what you're consuming. If you don't do it, life will do it for you. Your life will be shaped to the patterns of this world, and like I recently read, will look like unceasing screen time, unending busyness, unrivaled consumerism, unrelenting loneliness, and unparalleled distraction. But it doesn't have to be this way. There is more good and true and right and beautiful things of God for you to digest than you could in a lifetime. So why don't you begin? With love, Future Katie. So it's my delight to introduce my uh, friend, uh, one of my family's favorite dinner guests, probably my kid's favorite playmate, and probably all of your kid's favorite playmates, uh, Miss Elena Murphy. Hello. I didn't know if it was already turned on, so I'm glad I didn't pretend to use it in the back. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not going to lie, I'm super nervous. But it's weird because, y'all, I used to be on the stage like every weekend doing announcements. So it's fine. Anyways, I wanted to check that my name was spelled right because it's usually not. My name is Elena Murphy. Um, I graduated in 2015. Um, proud ISU alum. Woo -woo. Um, <laughs> I am currently a first grade teacher uh, at Bent Elementary, which is a school in Bloomington and I've been teaching for eight years now. Um, and so back to the point of like, I used to do announcements, but guys, I also used to run those slides, but apparently someone thought I was a better speaker, so that's why I'm up here today. So here you go. Uh, I was asked to give a brief answer to the question, what encouragement would you give to your 19 or 20 year old self? So one of the first things I thought of was, don't worry. People will like you when you're 23. Okay? Uh, uh. I had to make sure I had at least one joke in here. My friends think I'm pretty cheesy, but I'm actually lactose intolerant. So, <laughs> in this case, so, yeah, I suppose they're right about that. Um, but, yeah, all jokes aside, my encouragement would be to not be afraid to go all in and trust God. As a freshman in fall of 2011, I began to experience truly what real friendships were and what real friends were. Um, I've always been pretty different from my peers growing up. Um, I just, I'm a people lover, I love people, but I just never really felt like people loved me. Um, and so as someone that grew up with very little friends, it was a really new experience to be surrounded by people that actually enjoyed spending time with me. Um, and that was really cool. And that's because of Jesus. So shout out to Jesus. <laughs> Raise the roof. That was not in here. I don't, I'm mad living. I'm off book right now. Okay, let's get back to it, y'all. Um, so from the first event that led me to Cornerstone, I did not know that I was quickly meeting the people that are to this day at 29 and a half. Y'all, people like me past 23, okay? They're still the most important people in my life. And now I feel like I'm going to cry, and I did not add that in here. So I don't have time for that. But these are my best friends. Um, 
I'm not even going to state their names because there are just too many of them. They know who they are. Love you guys. <laughs> um, but God has given me so many opportunities um, in the four years that I was a student in Cornerstone and the two years that I stayed um, as just a community member afterwards. Um, he gave me opportunities to just delve deeper into those relationships um, and, and just having that complete freedom to be uniquely me. I did not have to pretend to be someone else so that they would like me. Like, I am who God created me to be, and these people love me for who I am. Um, and, and through that, I've had time to just grow in my faith. Um, I've learned, and I'm still learning. Sometimes we need that reminder that our identity is secure in Jesus. And I've learned so much from my friends. Um, God has given us some amazing, like, experiences to share together. Um, like fall retreat. Oh my gosh, I love fall retreat. That is where my life changed. <laughs> so, that's where Jesus became real to me. <sighs> Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> He's giving me Bible studies in the atrium with Katie. Um, the person that became my mentor. How am I supposed to see you? Um, being able to, like, as a student, bless the older students and the community members and, like, inviting them to go and eat with me in the dining room. I'm like, I got those flex dollars, yo. Like, those are for you. Come and be with me. <laughs> Sorry that you got a parking ticket that one time to come and eat with me. <laughs> um, like, the fun car rides while running errands. I also put American Idol shows at the Rivera's, Okay. We had those, and so you think you can dance, like all these fun times, like they're not, and it's not just like when we go to church, like no, we are the church, like this is gathering, but like all these times that we got to be together, um, pancakes and prayer, shout out for pancakes and prayer, eh, eh, um, walks in the park, and so many more. I'm very blessed to be the friend of many beautiful people that are in this room today, um, and I wrote, and several that couldn't be here, but like MC's here and Aaron's here. I didn't know if they were going to be here today. I'm just so blessed. I've had the privilege to grow and learn alongside them. And as Katie mentioned, I'm kind of like a bonus auntie to all of their children. And like, I love them. And I'm like, cool, I want to hang out with you. But also, I need time to hang out with your kids because I love them so much. And I never would have had this if I hadn't come to Cornerstone. Like, these are my friends. Um, but God has just been so faithful, and I just keep seeing that time and time again. So my hope this morning is that I can encourage you, students, to wholeheartedly invest in the friendships that you are creating and the ones that you have created. Because even when there's a distance in time that you might not get to see each other, which might feel impossible, like, you're moving away. Am I going to get to being your friend? Like, yo, like God put people in the same town as my mom so I can still see them after college. It was really cool. That might not happen for you, but like even when that time in the distance makes it feel completely impossible, do it anyway. Pursue these friendships and don't let them go. And don't be afraid to be unapologetically you. I promise it will all be worth it because you are worth it. You are worthy of God's love. 
And I ask that the Lord would bless you and your friendships in this season in life and beyond. And now I'd like to introduce Lindsay Hugelman. Hello, okay. Hello, my name is Lindsay Hugelman. Uh, what? Thank you, thank you. Um, I also did announcements um, with Aaron Stack for a hot minute too, so that was cool. Um, so my name is Lindsay Hugelman. Um, when I was at ISU, I was Lindsay Olison. Got married my senior year of high school to Kurt over there. What? Oh, college. <laughs> my senior year of college. Definitely did not even know he existed. Um, so I guess I'm the youngest alumni speaking, so that's cool. Um, I graduated in the spring of 2021, and so I still recognize a lot of faces, but I mean, most of you um, were like at Cornerstone when I was like three years old, so it's cool, it's cool too. Um, Mike said that I replaced Susie when I, <laughs> when she left. Uh, after hearing Susie speak, total compliment. Total compliment, yeah. Gotta keep Mike like guessing, you know? Right, yeah. Um, so I am described as somebody who has um, chaotic energy, and I fully embrace that. Um, I plugged into Cornerstone my very first weekend here on campus, and my second weekend at Cornerstone, I shaved one of Matt Wilkowski's legs. So if that tells you anything about freshman Lindsay going into ISU, that's it. Um, so my encouragement that I would give to freshman year Lindsay, who thought she had it all figured out and did not need the help of other people and did not need to really focus on anything she was feeling, that's super healthy. Um, my encouragement would be to tell myself that, hey girl, it's gonna be really hard um, and you're not gonna like it. You're gonna feel really uncomfortable because you're gonna actually have to like process through your emotions and how you're feeling, but that's okay. And the reason why that is so okay is because of the community that I chose to invest in that first weekend that I was on campus here at ISU. Um, like a lot of people have said, I feel like I'm just reiterating everything. I met some of my best friends. It's been super sweet to catch up with them. Haven't laughed as hard as I have than I did last night, so it was really cool. Um, but it's because I chose to invest in a community of people who loved and cared for me and really just saw me for who I was, not who I was trying to like project that I was. Um, that's the reason why I was able to be okay in the hardships that I experienced. Um, yeah, it's just, it's weird because I don't like talking about my feelings, but yeah, college was really difficult for me. Had four concussions in two years. That was, uh, Grace is shaking her head. Uh, that was personality trait for me for a while. <laughs> Been concussion free for over uh, three years now, Grace. Thank you, thank you. Um, on top of that, was diagnosed with anxiety. Looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, I probably had anxiety my whole life. Um, but I got through those really hard, difficult things that I had no idea were coming my way because of the amazing community that I surrounded myself with. So again, my one encouragement is if you are a student at ISU, whether you're our senior and you're finishing out your time here, or maybe you're a freshman or it's your first time here, just try it out, just stick it out. Um, 
a lot of people came and went during my time, but I would say that the most fruit that I experienced and the most fruit that those around me experienced were those who stuck it out. Even when things weren't going so great, uh, we were, it was our junior year when COVID hit, and we were like, what? <laughs> we had no idea what the church was gonna look like, and it, and it was really different, but we stuck it out, and because we had just taken the time to root ourselves with the community that we did, um, it made all the difference, because I definitely think that if I wasn't rooted, I probably would have just slipped away into the cracks during that time. So I'm just really thankful for my time at Cornerstone. And thank you to Mike for always challenging me and to um, like pressure me in a good way into like actually feeling things. That's a really good thing. And thanks, Mike, for letting me shave your leg. That was cool, too. So yeah, that's all I got. Uh, the band's going to come on. <laughs> You guys want to go ahead and stand up. We are going to continue worshiping and celebrating what God has done here. It has been so fun to watch everybody come up and share. And I hope for all of you who are current members, you've just been really encouraged this morning. I know I have been. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a couple songs and just worship together, okay?
to mind is just gratefulness for me. Grateful for the friendships, the stories, Lord, that we've heard this weekend of just your, your blessing over these past 20 years, Lord. Lord, we thank you not only, not only grateful for the stories, but we're thankful that we get to be a part of it, that we get to have a hand in what you've done, what you're doing, and then when, what you're going to keep doing for 20 more years, Lord. We just thank you for your faithfulness in the hard times. We thank you for your just unending love, Lord. I know each one in this room has experienced something from you through Cornerstone, Lord. And we just thank you that we have gotten to be a part of it and we've gotten to grow in our faith through this church, Lord. We love you and we pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. 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 Guys, give it up for this band who, um, unbelievable, unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you for your hard work. Um, man. I just want to leave you guys with uh, a message from the Lord. And, you know, I had some things written down, but uh, I think the thing that God put on my heart comes from something my spiritual man crush, John Piper, taught me, <laughs> which, is, which is this, and this is uh, for each one of you, don't waste your life. Yeah, don't waste your life. can't see through the tears and need the glasses. Um, this is Psalm 89.1, and I'll release you guys with this, and then a, a couple words about, for the alumni who are here, about um, the lunch following. Sorry. Psalm 89.1 says this. I will sing about the Lord's faithful love forever. I will, will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations with my mouth. God is, he's the faithful one of our story. To him be the glory. You guys have a great Sunday. All right. Um, there's some kids downstairs, and uh, also if you are uh, alumni and you've got, you come to lunch, um, we, live, we live in a cul-de-sac, which means that you're going to probably be parking a couple blocks away. Feel free to drop off members of your family, and then, I don't know, Michelle said, where are we going to park? I'm like, veterans, I don't know. <laughs> but um, 
we've got everything set up and look forward to just, you know, being with you guys. For the rest of you guys here, we'll see you guys next week. We love you.